Today's scripture reading is from Acts 16, 16 through 34. So if you want to turn in your Bibles with me to that. Acts 16, 16 through 34. And we read about Paul and Silas. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female, a female slave who had a spirit with which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be. She kept this up so many times, so many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned her around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I commend you, I command you to come out of, the, of her. In that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that now they would, that the hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are, are, throwing, out our, are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating the customs unlawful to us Romans to accept our practices or practice. The crowd joined in the attack again. Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and, and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and it fastened their feet in the, the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And when the prisoners were listening, and the prisoners were all listening to them, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone in everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and, the trembling, and trembling before Paul and Silas, he then brought their, them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they, took the word, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and, and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were all baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's a beautiful morning and weather are so perfect recently, so so thankful that we could gather together here to worship the Lord together. Would you join me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning that 
we can worship your, your holy name together in this beautiful morning. I pray for those who are in pain or suffering in this time recently. Lord, strengthen them, intervene in their life that they may experience your powerful grace even in the midst of their suffering and hurts. I also pray for those who are in good condition, enjoying their happiness in their life, and remind them all good things in our life are coming from your grace, that they may not boasting or arrogant, but giving you praise and glory, and being humble and confident, and they may share their joy and happiness with their neighbors. Today, as we share your words and grace, Lord, I pray for your presence. I pray for your spirit. I pray for your grace. Relying on your grace and your merit, we together draw near to your presence, your throne of grace. So Lord, grant your Holy Spirit upon us as we share your words and your grace. I pray in the precious name of your, your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's theme is about preaching in all circumstances. On this theme, I would introduce some instances with a, with a few heroic figures in the Bible looking at their deep commitment in the Lord. Let us start with Noah. He was called by God to build an ark. In his time, the Bible says, there were full of violence, so God had decided to sweep out all living creatures which breathed through nose by water except a very few. While building the ark, do you think Noah was silent about God's wrath to come? I believe he must have been preaching it. However, the result was more than disappointing since no one believed him except his own household. All people around Noah except his own household thought he was out of his mind. Building an ark on the top of a mountain and preaching about God's wrath by flood? Come on. People in that time kept enjoying their own worldly and fleshly lives, not repenting their sins. And the day came, and all of them who had been mocking Noah all perished by the flood. Noah's faithfulness, his sincerity was not based on people's responses, but on the calling of God. It was based on his mission given by the Lord. Noah endured long and long time in which people thought him as an off-centered person. In fact, it was people who were off-centered while Noah was sober and awakened. By following God's calling, not the broad way of his time, Noah has become a person through whom God's salvation 
could continue. What about Jonah? In his time, Israel was not in good relationship with Assyria. Yet, God told Jonah to go and preach in Nineveh, which was the capital city of Assyria. Assyria was notorious for their cruelty. As I make some research about the cruelty of Assyria, goodness, there were so many detailed kind of um, explanations. Um, it was too cruel, so I wrote down those cruelty here, but I'm a bit reluctant to read it because it's too cruel and brutal. Just Assyrian people in Jonah's time, they were so cruel and brutal. R.C. Sproul guesses the date of Jonah's work between 773 BC to 756 BC based on 2nd King 14.25. Given the historical fact that Israel was conquered by Assyria at 722 BC, it is not difficult to assume that Assyria and Israel were at odds in the time of Jonah's calling from God. So it was by no means because Jonah was simply a disobedient prophet, but because he loved his country, his people, and loved them a lot. He could, he could sense that God wanted to give a chance of repentance to Assyrian people who were torturing his people. So he couldn't do that easily. Understanding historical background of Jonah helps us why Jonah was that much rebellious to God even when his ministry became so successful. God called Jonah to proclaim repentance to Nineveh, the capital city of Assyria. Then, based on Jonah's proclamation, the people of Nineveh, from the king to the livestock in it, repented, and that was not what Jonah wanted. What Jonah wanted was the destruction of Assyria because of the brutality of Assyria to Israel. So, from the story of Jonah, we cannot help but acknowledge that God's love goes beyond our own boundaries or sometimes goes against even our boundaries. Because God's love is agape love, loving the righteous and loving the evil, giving the sunlight and rain to both of them, as Jesus said in Matthew 5:45. Jesus had to overcome his own Jonah had to overcome his own attachment, his own affection to his own people, Israel, to give chance of repentance to its enemy, Assyria. That must be a very painful process for Jonah. Think about Peter. Mark, who is known as the author of the Gospel of Mark, is also well known that he was very close to Peter. Not a few biblical scholars assume that many stories in Mark came from what Mark had heard from Peter's preaching as Mark accompanied Peter's mission. So we can imagine Mark writing down 
what Peter said while Peter was preaching. There are many stories in Mark and also there are stories about Peter himself. How Peter himself tried to stop Jesus his way to the cross when Peter first had heard about that. It's also written that Peter was rebuked by Jesus even as a Satan, even Satan. Not only that, in Mark, there is a story when Peter denied Jesus three times. So I can imagine Peter preaching like this. Brothers, I had no vision of resurrection, even when the Lord told us about his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. What I thought was only about removing the Roman Empire from our country and becoming a powerful man beside our Lord when the Lord would drive out the Romans, I was totally wrong. So I was rebuked by the Lord even as Satan. I was that much ignorant and having no faith of resurrection. But behold, I have seen the risen Lord. Or... Brothers, under this Roman Empire and the threatening of the Jews, confessing our faith in public is risking our life, I know. I understand the pressure of that. How I know it? Because I myself did deny our Lord even three times. I had said to the Lord, even I, even, even I died, I would never deny our Lord. Yet, I couldn't overcome the fear and yes, brothers, I did deny our Lord three times as the Lord told me beforehand. But after I met the Lord after his resurrection, I could realize that the death is by no means the end, but the gateway to the eternal life. So now I confess and proclaim of the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ, even with the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, so brothers, do not fear the enemies we have in us our Lord Jesus Christ who conquered the power of death. The point is, Peter did use his failure and his shame as a chance of his testimony for Jesus. His own fame or honor did not matter because, because honoring the risen Lord was the only focus of his message. That's why he could be that free from his own fame or honor. So now we can learn from Peter, not only from his success and charisma, but also from his failure and shame. Think of Jesus on the cross when he was crucified. In his unthinkable pain on the cross, when a criminal asked Jesus to remember him, Jesus, again, in the unthinkable pain of being nailed on the cross, proclaimed his message of salvation, saying, Today, you will be with me in paradise. It marvels me again and again what vision Jesus was looking at so that he could share the gospel in the very moment of his death. In that crushing pain, how he could mention paradise to a sinner. 
What kind of joy he had been carrying so that he could overcome all those unmanageable pains in his body. Proclaiming paradise on his crucifixion. How unmatching combination it was, yet how much it tells us about the suffering of genuine Christian life and its hidden joy in it. Now, Apostle Paul, today's passage tells us about the miracle, the sudden earthquake, which is amazing and powerful, right? However, even though I marvel at the miracle, the more I do with the singing of Paul and Silas. They're worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord after much beatings by the government officers. Severe flogging, it says, having their feet fastened in the stock. With the wounds and pains from the beating, they were not dismayed. They were not discouraged. They worshiped God. Why? Act 541 gives us why they could be praising the Lord. It says, then they, Peter and other apostles, left the presence of the council Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus Christ. Paul and Silas, beaten up with no crimes, but still worshiping the Lord, show us their joy in the Lord, which the beating could not stop. That joy breakthrough. Whatever pains or failures or difficulties they faced. With the gospel project today, Paul stands before the governors and spoke them that except the chains, Paul wants them to be like them. The fourth charge he had from the Jew, the chain by which his feet was fastened, he didn't care, but he was confident with his salvation in Jesus Christ, and invited the governors, why don't you be like me? This amazing grace in Jesus, accept this chain, taste the joy in me in Jesus Christ, he said. How bold, how confident, and how persistent in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can behold a thorough commitment of Paul to Jesus' gospel in the scene. Last Saturday, not yesterday, uh, there was a retreat for the residents of the Workerly's Goshen. I felt it as one of the best days in my life. Thankfully, Kiss Pescalon could join the retreat and shared his mesmerizing testimony about Jesus Christ. His suffering in the past and how God has been faithful in his life, sharing much about his golfing as well. We prayed together for his qualification in Indiana Open, and it has happened, praise the Lord. There was a speaker also who could overcome his addiction by the power of Jesus. He shared about his childhood, his parents, were both drug addicts, and they bought a Nintendo for him 
And his daily routine was mostly playing Nintendo all the time until he sleeps, while his parents were doing drugs. One day, when he was still a little boy, his mother shot drugs to her arm and passed away by overdose directly in his sight. Then he shared about his tough life in the jail and the work release. But he shared that he got saved by Jesus and much help by the jail ministry. He and his wife are now very sober, working hard, financially solid, high position in their job, and supporting jail ministry a lot. I believe he's got saved. Through many pains and failures, his joy of being saved in Jesus breaks through all the darkness. We are Mennonite. As Peace Church, we do not want to make conflict with immature manner of evangelism. Rather, we try our own evangelism with serving the community, supporting missions abroad, and serving in the church congregation with calm and peaceful manner, and I love it. At the same time, how much are we confident enough in sharing the message of the gospel that Jesus, the Son of God, saves the sinner through his sacrifice on the cross? How much are we willing to invite someone we do not know to our congregation so that they may experience God's grace together here, going beyond our own Mennonite game. I have a few dreams in my life. One of them is that may the Yellow Creek Mennonite Church have a gospel witnessing event someday soon and inviting people in the area and serving them and bear witness to the salvation in Jesus Christ. In our time, the challenges against the message of the gospel have been increasing in many aspects in our society. So Christians need to be, as Jesus said, as shrewd as snake and as innocent as dove in our evangelism. But the bottom line is that whether are we ashamed of the message of the gospel or not, Paul says in Romans 1.16, which is so famous, says that, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. We shortly have thought about a few figures in the Bible about their faithful witness to God's salvation, such as Noah, Jonah, Jesus, Peter, and Paul. Before we say, I'm not Noah, I'm not Jonah, I'm not Jesus, I'm not Peter, I'm not Paul, let us ponder more about those examples of faith, that how much they paid the cost in their witnessing God's salvation. And then let us think about how much cost we have been paying in bearing witness to God's salvation in Jesus Christ. This is my conviction about restoring the glory of God's churches in our time. 
the restoration depends on how the church restores its wholesome and sound evangelism in this turbulent world. If the church loses its mission of bearing witnesses to Jesus' salvation, restoring the beauty of the church should be impossible. If the church faithfully restores its sound and solid evangelism, God will restore its beauty and liveliness through its commitment to God's mission. The church is a sent community for Jesus' gospel. May the joy of salvation break through whatever pains and difficulties in our time that the church may keep on shining the light of salvation in the glory of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we briefly share some stories about people in the Bible who shared God's message through their pains and difficulties. And we ourselves face many difficulties and challenges in our own time. And the challenge is serious and intimidating. But Lord, give us courage. Give us humbleness and confidence that we may bear witness to the message of the gospel that Jesus saved the sinners. With our hands, with our feet, with our services, and with our mouth, we may share the gospel to people around us and reaching out to them and inviting, inviting them to our congregation that we may share the great news of Jesus' salvation. There are so many issues about politics, social issues, social justice, many problems and issues and agendas in our lives. But Lord, let us focus on the gospel, applying the message to many aspects of our society is needed, but let us not lose the focus on the gospel of salvation of Jesus Christ. And may the Holy Spirit guide us that we may powerfully, in the power of the Holy Spirit, share the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ in our own dark time. We pray in the precious name of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.